Welcome to Still Dead from Chipperish Media. I'm researcher and fearless leader who has fearlessly lost it, Dr. Kelly Jones. And I'm story expert and woman who skipped too far down the evil brick road, Lonnie Diane Rich. And we're here today to talk about Angel, season five and the series finale, episodes 21 and 22, Power Play and Not Fade Away, both of which are watchers. I play this game. It's pointless and annoys me. And yet I'm compelled to play on. So let's raise the stakes. Play, we open with Angel walking into a fiery room full of demons beating a man. He pulls the man up, and as the man thanks him, he bites him, and then he breaks his neck and drops him to the ground. Then we go 12 hours earlier, and it's a fractured fucking tease, but whatever. <laughs> Angel's in bed with Nina, and he's distracted, but he ain't Angelus, so that's something. At Wolferman Heart, Angel's acting weird, and everyone is noticing. He doesn't seem to care about protecting the innocent anymore. Spike and Illyria go to an amusement park where some innocents have been getting killed, take out the demon, and then find Drogon, who has escaped an assassin sent after him by Angel. They take him back to Spike's apartment and bring in Wesley, Gunn, and Lorne to hear the story. Drogon tells them that Angel had something to do with Illyria's resurrection, and the group goes to confront Angel, leaving Illyria to watch over Drogon. But Marcus Hamilton shows up, squashes Illyria, and takes Drogon. Back in the fiery room, we see the scene from the beginning, only now we can see that the beaten man is Drogon. Angel kills him and is initiated into the Circle of the Black Thorn, a group that includes most of the bad guys we've dealt with this season. At Wolferman Heart, Spike, Wesley, Lorne, and Gunn confront Angel. So Angel throws down a glamour that will make it look to everyone outside like they're still fighting for six minutes, and that's just enough time for an exposition dump. He explains that everything he's been doing lately has been to get into the circle so that he can kill them all. Maybe they can't stop the senior partners or the evil schemes or the various apocalypses, but they can figuratively flip them off and get themselves all literally killed. Angel asks who's in, and slowly, everyone raises their hand. Power Play aired on May 12, 2004. It was directed by James A. Cotner and written by David Fury. All right, Dr. Jones, the perfect happiness scale with Stake This at Zero and Lost Your Soul at Six. Where are you with Power Play? Oh, God. Okay, so I gave this a two and I feel kind of bad about it. Mm-hmm. Because there's so much great story potential here yeah. and some really intriguing ideas. And I love the glamour. But the writers have not been playing fair, and no one is being honest, and I cannot, will not, will never forgive Angel for killing Drogon. I just, I can't. Like, I can't. Drogon is so good. And I don't even know if it's that he's that great as a character, or just that actor who plays him is just unbelievably good. But he's so, so good. Yeah, he is. I love it. And, and it's just like... You know, at some point you have to question, mm-hmm. okay, but at what cost comes the greater good? And like... You know, Angel killing someone yeah. who is good and a fellow hero who trusted him. And I'm yeah. like, dude, like, it's just like, no, that's just not okay. It just, it, if he had bit him within an inch of his life. Right. Like, I would have, I could have been okay with it. But this, it's just, it's, uh, it's all just that can't. shock value. And then they try to give an excuse for it. and It's no good. I ended up giving this episode a three 
because mm-hmm. there is some good stuff here. And if it had been seeded in the first third of the season, we would be having a much different discussion. But yeah. this is 15 pounds of plot in like a five pound bag. There are still so <laughs> many questions and it relies on a lot of deception, both by the writers to the audience and Angel to his friends. And it's an idea with a lot of potential that has absolutely no time to meet that potential, which is a real shame. So I I mean, I, I like conceptually some of the things that they're doing here. But it's way too little, way too late. And the the loss of that opportunity to actually do this very cool story right is also ex- incredibly frustrating. All right. So I do have a few moments of perfect happiness in this ugh, not so great episode. Uh, I love Drogon. I think Drogon's mm. fantastic. The actor's name is Alec Newman. He's so incredibly good. And if you look at his IMDb profile, this dude works. He works a lot. Um, so he's one of these character actors that kind of shows up in everything, you know, um, and uh, I don't recognize him like as an actor aside from like you know the role of Drogon like I've seen him mm-hmm. you know clearly because I've watched these episodes before but um, <laughs> I think he's so good he makes the writing that they give him even better um, he is one of the best actors I've like ever seen working at this this kind of minute character level and I just want to see I'm going to go back and look at his IMDB and see what else I can watch that he's been in so um, so I'm very excited about that uh, sadly they kill him but I mean the you know the series <laughs> is also ending so it's not like he would have been in it much more anyway um, but I just I love the character I love the actor I, I will say that I liked him a lot more in A Hole in the World um, mm. I loved his don't ask me any questions. Um, I love the fact that he couldn't lie. I think that makes for a really super interesting character beat. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm fascinated by him. And, and I was really sorry to see him killed for a number of reasons. One of which, of course, is, you know, stupid angel killing people stupidly. But anyway, we're, we're in moments <laughs> of perfect happy, happiness right now. And I just want to focus on Drogon for just a minute. <laughs> He's really good. Yeah. He's really great. I mean, he's he's just fantastic. And mm-hmm. yeah, and I'm like, but also, okay, morality aside, yeah, I'm like, Angel, you, you know, a big battle's coming. Like, maybe you want the guy, maybe you who want has this guy, yeah, survived for thousands of years and is like a hero of heroes. Like, maybe you want to keep him. I yeah. don't know. Like, <laughs> well, and also, okay, I, I think we'll get to this as we move forward. But but just you know. Angel's whole thing is that he's trying to prove how bad he is by doing actual evil. And at what point does the motivation for your actual evil actually make it any less evil? It's still evil. Yeah. So Angel's going to the dark side in order to do something in a noir way where he's sacrificing himself, corrupting himself to save others, knowing full well that what he's doing is evil. Like those could be really, really interesting story beats. We have absolutely no space for those story beats to breathe here. Um, so that's a disappointment, but whatever. Um, still staying in moments of perfect happiness. We will get to all the staking. Still staying in moments of perfect happiness. Um, I have to say that Spike, of course, mm-hmm. is always um is always really fun i like his hey you want to go find something to hit (laughs) (laughs) and i mean i like that um i like his deep connection his deep sense of connection with angel when he says you're wrong about angel not that i don't think the sod could end up being a megalomaniacal bastard it's just that if he did i'd know it i'd feel it so i love this it's a mix of faith in angel but more so a faith in their connection 
they really are soulmates, you know, mm-hmm. and Angel and Spike may be honestly the true love story of this show, you know, uh, for a while there, it was Angel and Wesley, you know, mm-hmm. but that relationship has changed and altered so much, you know, um, that, uh, that I don't know that that's it. But I mean, Spike and Angel are definitely, I think, one of the big love stories. And I love those. I love a love story. And especially a love story between friends. Although I will say I truly believe that Angel and Spike have absolutely gotten it on in the past. I think that's my headcanon on it. Um, but Yeah, well, uh, we have at least one textual reference for yes. that. But yeah, but yes. yeah, I do. I can absolutely see them as soulmates. And, and I, I love Spike just knowing, mm-hmm. you know, I would feel it if, yeah. if he was evil. And, but he also, he doesn't have blind faith right. in Angel. Mm-hmm. You know, right. when, when, the, when the group is questioning, you know, Angel, and he says, if I were in Jealous, half of you would already be dead just for the fun of it. Mm-hmm. And Spike says, one of us already is. Are we yeah. having fun yet? Oh, like it's such a great so comeback. Good. It's such yeah. a great line, mm-hmm. um, and I love the Spike Illyria dynamic. I love his nicknames for her. Yeah. You know, he calls her Blue and yeah. Highness, and I just it just delights me to no end. Yeah. I'm always happy to see Spike. Spike is really really fun. I mean, it was it was a weird decision to bring him back for this uh, season of Angel, but I think it really worked out. It's it's a decision I would have questioned had I been in the room where that decision was made, um, yeah. but I think it absolutely worked out. Um, I also love the team. You know, mm-hmm. whenever the team is all together, you know, for me, it just it it always gives me just a, a sense of delight. Um, you know, I love Lorne. Of course, we have as as we've said underutilized Lorne. There it has been some really fun stuff going on this season, um, but he never takes a front seat. You know, um, except for in that terrible life of the party thing, and that wasn't a good front seat. <laughs> Um, but I mean, I just, I, I love his whole thing. I love when he's like, not to play an old saw, but power does traditionally corrupt. I love the fact that Lauren is the one who is not, you know, taking this from Angel, who is, is suspicious and does not, um, doesn't believe an angel, you know, sees yeah. what angel is doing and knows that it's bad regardless of what his motivations are. Um, so I think that that's really a nice thing. It was a nice role to have for Lauren. But again, we didn't do enough with him, but it was really, really nice. Um, you know, I love Wesley. Um, you know, when he's talking, he's talking about Angel and, and he has faith in Angel. He says Angel never cared about power. And Lauren, of course, comes back with, well, he's never had any to care about, has he? Not real power. You know, when they're trying to figure out exactly how far gone Angel is. Um, So I love all of that. I love that Wesley still wants to bring Angel back, you know, still wants to redeem him, even when he thinks that, you know, Angel might have had something to do with killing Fred, you know. Um, So I love I love that whole thing, you know, and I, I love that dynamic between Lauren and Wesley. And again, it's one of these things. This is the thing about power play. There is some great stuff happening in this episode. It's just all not enough too late, you know? There isn't mm-hmm. enough time to explore it. Um, but I love that moment with Lauren where he's like, well, what if he skipped too far down that evil brick road? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, evil brick road is mm-hmm. like my new favorite, my yeah. favorite thing. And I really felt for Wes because, mm-hmm. you know, he's trying so hard to hold on to this idea of Angel. Yeah. It's like, maybe there's still time. We can bring him back. He would do the same for us, regardless of our actions. And I'm like, would he, though? Mm-hmm. Really? Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, old Angel, I think, would. 
old mm-hmm. angel, old angel, angel who, you know, um, tried to redeem faith in season one. Hell yes, absolutely. But yeah, how far down that evil brick road is he exactly? And I think Lauren's asking the right questions, you know. Yeah. Um, also, just have to call out love Lauren with a crossbow, you know. Yes. Um, yeah, it's just it's so it's so great, you know, and then we get this moment at the end, of course, when Angel throws down the glamour, right? And he makes his pitch to the guys. The powerful control everything, you know? Heroes don't accept the world the way it is. Um, you know, this isn't a keep fighting the good fight kind of deal. I'm talking about killing every single member of the Black Thorn, and we don't walk away from that. Um, and he has this idea that, like, we can't bring down the senior partners. We can't fight evil, You know, we can die trying. And the thing is, is that I find this counter to everything that Angel as a series has stood for, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's essentially a suicide mission. You know, it's it's hurting them, but you're going to die in the process, you know, that that he's that's the plan. Right. Um, So he has done loads of evil things to be seen as having fallen, to be seen as evil, to be seen on the side of the circle of Blackthorn just so that he can get in and kill them all, right? Um, It feels counter, because the whole thing is you keep fighting and you keep fighting until you die fighting. Like, that's Angel's whole thing. But he is deliberately ending it. You know, he is deliberately ending his ability to fight. And when he isn't there to fight... You know, then what does that do? Then who is going to help the helpless? Who is going to step into that role? You know, there aren't like a, a ton of vampires with souls going on and his plan takes out the only two that exist, you know? Um, so I don't know. It feels like it's it's an interesting pitch. It's an interesting idea. I don't really buy it from Angel at this point, but I like it. I mean, I like the glamour. I like the pitch, you know? Yeah. I like that. I love the visual of the mm-hmm. glamour. And and I, I like his, you know, I, I can't order you to do this. I can't do it without you. But, you know, and Spike, you know, is the first one who raises his yeah. hand. Like Spike's in. Mm-hmm. But to me, I'm like, okay, but you have two vampire champions with souls yeah. who have died more than once, mm-hmm. who have lived a long, 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 long time. Yeah. And the other people that they're asking to join don't have that same, I guess, relationship with death. Mm-hmm. They haven't literally haven't lived as much. Yeah. And so like the power play, the power dynamics of the team, yeah, I think are very unbalanced in what Angel is asking them to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And it does. It feels like, okay, we can all die to make this grand gesture. Mm-hmm. Where until this point, the whole show has been about, we're not focusing on the grand gesture. We're focusing on, on the, the small exactly. saving of single people. One soul at a time. Yeah. 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 But And, and I get that, though, because I think Angel has been corrupted. And mm-hmm. then as a byproduct of that, his mission and his vision and his yeah. purpose have been corrupted. Right. And instead of everybody making him see where he's gone off the dead end, the deep end, mm-hmm. everybody else is signing up with him. You know, and that feels it feels a little weird. I think you know? they want something to believe in. Yeah. Like that was why they've all stayed with Angel to this point. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, that 
hold on to some bigger idea or some higher sense of purpose Mm -hmm. without necessarily thinking critically about it, maybe. But this Uh, is dark angel going dark, right? This is this is not angelus. This is Mm -hmm. angel going dark, you know, Um, and. And I think Lorne has some really interesting things when he's talking about the kind of power that Angel has now, you know, and he's never really had that kind of power before. And maybe that's what's doing this to him. This is what there's so many things. This is the thing. Like, I got to say, one of the things, my moments of perfect happiness is the idea of the circle of the black thorn, right? Mm -hmm. The idea um, that power can't really be fought. The best you can do is take a chunk out of its ass while you go down swinging, you know, so are you going to run or are you going to take a chunk out, you know? Like, I think that that's a really interesting idea. I love the idea of the circle of the Blackthorn. I love the idea of the essential corruptive power of power, you know? Um, And I love the idea of, of Angel when he's not Angelus going dark. But I also like the idea of his friends pulling him out of it. You know, yeah, yeah, um, or questioning of, more, right? They, uh, just showing that it's not the way to go, that this mm-hmm. isn't the way to fight this fight. Um, so I don't know, like, I, I love so much about this idea, but the execution is, I think, really a problem for me. Um, which, of course, I will get to when I talk about the staking, when we get to the staking portion of the program. Um, but yeah. I do really love this 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 concept of these these central powerful figures and what what is what price do you have to pay in order to take them down and is it worth it like yeah. those are questions i'm not sure we ask in these episodes yeah and and i like that we finally within this you know idea of the circle of the black thorn we understand why lindsay tried to kill angel because mm-hmm. he was trying to get into that group. Right. Um, and I, But mostly I love Lorne when Angel's telling him about it. And he goes, it sounds like a little sewing circle for pirates. <laughs> and I just like, oh, my God. I just I know he's so wonderful. He's so great. Mm-hmm. It's so great. Um, I also really enjoyed Illyria mm-hmm. in this episode. I like the way that she's trying to deal with... Um, the changes in her relationship with Wesley since she, you know, put on the the Fred persona, you know, and then I love Spike's response to that, where he says, you may not think you're powerful, but looking like Fred for some of us is the most devastating power that you have. Um, And I thought that was really kind of interesting. Um, I love her. I play this game. It's pointless and annoys me. And yet I'm compelled to play on (laughs) (laughs) with the video game. And I love that. And yes, I understand that feeling. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's perfectly summarized my video game experience. And, yes. And Illyria and Drogon playing Crash Bandicoot is just oh, so damn funny. It is he's so like, cute. Is it a test? A task of some sort. You must collect those crystals and fruit. And it's just so freaking cute. It's so cute. But I love it. It's a quest. It's a test. It's a task. You know, the way yes. that they see things, I think, is just so <laughs> wonderful. Um, and I love Illyria's struggle with, like, living in this human shell and her increasingly human feelings about things and the fact that Fred is in there. You know, we have this whole thing where, like, Fred's soul died or whatever the actual, you know, reality of that was going to be. Um, But Fred is part of her. Fred is in there. And it's interesting seeing her kind of struggle with all of that, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. So I think that that's really good. But getting into staking this, of course, I have to stake uh, Bad Angel and the fractured fucking teeth. Like, what is that? <laughs> For anybody out there who doesn't know what a fractured teeth is, you just saw it. It's when you have this moment of excitement and then all of a sudden it cuts and it says 12 hours earlier or 36 hours earlier or whatever. Um, that is a fractured tease. It is almost never used to actual good effect. What it does is it borrows an exciting moment from the future, puts it in the beginning to get you all excited, and then puts in the boring parts that you have to then get through. And a writer who is secure in themselves will write even the less exciting stuff that leads up to that moment and earn that moment rather than do this kind of stupid tease action. Um, for those of you who are interested in um, how a fractured tease as a writing device can work, because even devices that are problematic, that are, um, that are weak um, and often speak to a weakness in the writing, even those kinds of devices can actually be good. Um, if you've ever seen Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad actually uses the fractured tease in a beautiful way because it doesn't borrow from excitement, it borrows from theme. So you'll see something in the beginning of an episode of Breaking Bad and it has absolutely no context. Often it will have no people in it. It will just be showing you an object, right? But that object will become significant later on. And then when you see it, it all kind of snaps together and you really get a sense for what that particular episode means. So for anybody who wants to know how to do a fractured tease well, just watch Breaking Bad. It's absolutely worth it. It's a great, great show. Oh, good to know. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, however, I am staking the fractured tease the way that it's done in this particular episode because this is the kind of bullshit that is that gives fractured teases a bad name, is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, and like Angel's darkness, his fall, you know, um, this girl is just one more statistic, he says, when Wesley comes in talking about the girl who died in the amusement park, right? And then you have Wesley saying, Stacy, the statistic's name is Stacy Bluth. Right. Um, and Angel says, well, we can't save everyone and we can't sweat the small stuff. And I get that we're giving him that particular line because helping the helpless one soul at a time has been the, the resounding, you know, call for Angel and Angel investigation since the beginning. Um, mm -hmm. But this is lost. You know, it's just completely lost in this. It just looks like. Angel giving up on what makes Angel Angel both um, as a character and as a show. And it, it's really disorienting for me, you know, and when they try to justify it with he's just he's doing all these bad things to be evil so he can get into the circle so he can kill everybody. Um, it doesn't it doesn't feel right to me. It just feels like a, an itchy sweater, you know, like it's just mm -hmm. it's not right. Um so we have, you know, good, bad, angel, and jealous. None of it makes a difference. Um, power tips the scale. Power sets the course until I have real power, global power. I have nothing. I accomplish nothing. Um, and he's going on this whole rant about power. And, like, I get it. You know? Like, I know we're doing a thing here. It just all feels, like, wrong to me. You know? So he's doing all these things to get into the circle, take them down, and that there's a reason. But, again, like, I feel like... I feel like we don't ask the question. We give the reason why he's doing these things, but we don't ask the question about, well, then there's still evil, though. Like right. these things, it doesn't matter why he's doing them. There's still acts of evil. He is still doing evil. And I think that that still matters. But the show seems to be putting forth that the reason why is all that matters, that intent matters more than impact. And I don't know that I agree with that. And I also think it kind of goes counter to everything 
that Angel has been about since the beginning. Well, and I, I think intent does matter most. But if your intent is to kill someone, it like, it doesn't matter why you're doing it. Like that, there's a line. Yeah. And, and this is the episode where, you know, like... Sometimes you're in a problematic relationship and you, mm-hmm. but you have feelings for that person. And mm-hmm. then finally they cross a line and you're like, okay, we can still be friends, but like my feelings are gone. Yeah. This is where Angel crosses that line for me. Yeah. Because I'm like, I honestly remembered or headcanoned this mm-hmm. as him biting Drogon to make it look like he killed him. Yeah. Cause in my notes, I was like, oh, no, wait. No, he, surely he didn't actually kill him mm-hmm. and i'm like oh my god no he snapped his neck like yeah what no like yeah. uh-uh, no uh, no angel no no we're we're done <laughs> man like it's over it's, it's done not okay it's not no. okay yeah um it's 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 really hard to and that's the thing if they had done this all earlier in the season if they had brought angel low and then done something else with this whole idea to bring Angel back and and that at the end of the series I mean there are things that I appreciate about the way the series ends and we'll talk about that when we get to the next episode not fade away um but the end of the series feels like it should bring us back to to the beginning right mm-hmm. you know that we're it's one soul at a time that these are the things that Angel you know, believes in. And I feel like we abandon that a little bit and become something completely different with these really interesting ideas that we're not really doing, you know, good work with. Um, Another thing, of course, that I have to stake is the fucking werewolf, Nina. I don't care. And we have the whole thing. You're not perfectly happy, are you? Because I have a stake somewhere. And he goes, you're safe. And I'm like, well, that's not flattering, I guess. <laughs> I, I did. I do have to shout out her joke, though, when she reaches into the bedside table and says, oh, no, wait, that's not a steak. That's okay, a steak that was right? funny. <laughs> no, that, that is was funny. funny. That is funny. <laughs> that is funny. Um, you know, but also, like, you know, what does she think is happening with the two of them? He's a 250-year-old vampire with a soul. You know, what do you think is going to happen? Like, this is, you know, you're just going to. I don't like this whole idea of like the relationship way that she's looking at him and the, you know, we'll go away for the weekend kind of thing. And the whole vibe of like, you know, I'm your girlfriend now, like all that feels really weird to me. And I almost would rather that Nina, (sighs) Nina be a little harder, Mm -hmm. Nina be a little less, a, a little less with the heart eyes, I guess, for Angel, like to see him for what he really is. Um, and Nina, I don't know, is just is just not, I think, a well-drawn character anyway. Um, but then, of course, like, you know, she's a woman, right? So she can't have any agency. Angel buys her tickets, tells her to leave town. Uh, women are not allowed to make their own decisions, I guess, in the Angelverse. Because it's one thing to say, you know, I bought you three tickets. Los Angeles is going to be a hellfire. If you wanted to get you and your sister and your niece away before the shit comes down, you can. And I hope that you will. Right. That's yeah. one thing. But with this paternalistic bullshit of like, I bought you these tickets, you're getting on this train, plane or automobile, whatever the hell it was. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I just find that so fucking irritating and then she responds with you're the most amazing man i've ever met to which he says go i'm not asking and i'm like for fuck's sake what are you gonna do you're gonna bite her you know are you gonna beat her are you gonna tie her up are you gonna throw her on a boat so like what are you gonna do so yeah i don't know like i found that 
so so incredibly irritating and also one of these things that's played off as a romantic moment from him but it completely takes away all of her agency and I, it just drives me nuts yeah i mean her lack of agency is terrible her whole role just to be you know sycophantic for angel mm-hmm. is so gross i hate that bedroom scene with them so much because i'm like maybe emotional labor is angel's kink i don't know yeah but you know, when she's like, oh, where did you learn to do that? And I'm I'm watching the show going from Darla. Go ask her how her relationship with him ended, girl. Like, mm-hmm. go, you know. Yeah. yeah. And, and then she's laying in bed with him, you know, all concerned. Like, oh, are you thinking about Buffy? Oh, well, if she's not on your mind, then what's wrong? Oh I'm like, my oh, God, my God, yeah. girl. Like, you deserve better than this. She does, you know, like any lover deserves better than yeah. that. And She's like, you're my hero. And I'm like, oh, my fucking God. It's so gross. Really? It's really? so gross. Like, and it's played off like ugh. this is supposed to be romantic, I guess. Ugh. It's so bad. It's yeah. so bad. Not to mention, last episode, dude was in Italy trying to chase down his ex-girlfriend and lock her in a box. I mean, this right. is not romantic. This no. is not, None this is this not is a healthy romantic. relationship. It's a, This is not a healthy man. This is not no. an emotionally healthy man. And it's just, it's bad and it's so poorly done um and speaking of poorly done things the circle of the blackthorn well i i there are a lot of things i like about this idea and the potential in this idea the execution is so fucking stakeable um you cannot introduce your season big bad in the penultimate episode of the season you know um it is a great idea there's a lot of great stuff here but the angel fake out is bullshit he's our protagonist he's our pov character the audience should know what he knows when he knows it you cannot pull that that kind of stuff because then you are lying to your audience you know um the are you in conversation should have happened by the end of the season's first act like episode seven and then in act two fred and wesley would get together neither one of them is so sure they're willing to die anymore maybe you know um and just as they're about to leave Illyria's resurrection happens that's the end of act two just about when Illyria did show up so that timing was about right but it should be playing into this circle of the black thorn it should all be related to this idea and to what Angel is doing, you know? Um, and it should have been at the hands of the circle because they're testing Angel, you know? So, mm-hmm. like, the, mm-hmm. Illyria should have happened because the circle is testing Angel, you know? And at this point, Angel should be torn the fuck down. He should be about to give up. It's too hard. It's too much, you know? And the rest of them pull him through and pull him back. Um, but none of this fake out stuff, none of this lying to your audience, it's just so incredibly bad. There's so many really good, interesting things that could have happened, um, that could have been done with this idea, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, and I just, it, it's so disappointing because it really is an interesting idea. Um, the other thing I want to stake is Cordelia passing the vision in a kiss. I mean, first of all, I hate your welcome. I hate everything about your welcome. Uh, so the fact that this happened and we had no clue until now that that was what was going on. Then again, we had a female character that had to die in order to motivate a male's character arc. Um, and that since the moment Angel woke up with that vision and we didn't know every important thing that's been happening to our POV characters, these writers have been lying to us and fucking with us. And I just, it's, it's a hard no. That doesn't work. It's bad. I hate, I hate all of it. It makes me retroactively hate your welcome even more. Yeah, I hate the dishonesty of all mm-hmm. of it. Like, yeah. I mean, if, if Angel was lying to his friends and we understood why, mm-hmm. I could yeah. see it. Yeah. But 
like these are very smart, capable people. And he could have said to them, we need yeah. to act like I'm going dark and y'all are going to blah, blah, blah. And we're being watched. And, you know, but he doesn't like he trusts them enough to say, mm-hmm. I can't order you to do this. I can't do it without you. Come yeah. die with me. But mm-hmm. he doesn't trust them enough to tell them what's going on. Right. To this point. And, and the dishonesty just drives me crazy. Yeah, no, all of it, I think, is just, it's so, it's such a shame, because there's some really, really great stuff and great potential in these ideas. I also had two things that I just had to stake. Mm-hmm. Um, one is, I, I I have a really difficult time with how Angel, the series, plays with pedophilia. Mm-hmm. And the the fact that they're just going to brainwash the senator's competitor into believing he's a pedophile, like they are yeah. actually creating Mm-hmm. a yeah. pedophile for political action is so disturbing and it's such a minor part of everything else that's going on and mm-hmm. I, it, it feels like it's just added in for shock value and I'm yeah. like that's a topic they really just need to stop mm-hmm. messing yes. with you yes, know until they can absolutely. figure out how to do it respectfully it just really bothers me yeah um and then a, a very small stake but Marcus is now stronger than Illyria yeah and and I keep waiting for him to just walk up and say, hello, Mr. Anderson. Like, he, he's just like that dude from The Matrix. He is. And he's has- a lot like Hugo Weaving in The Matrix. And also, he's incredibly physically overpowered. Evil's yeah. never that powerful. Right. Like, why, why is he powerful in that way as opposed to in maybe a smarter way? Instead, they right. just make him punch super hard and he's powerful, <laughs> more powerful than everybody else. It just... I don't know. It doesn't work. It's it just doesn't like it's not interesting. It's not an interesting character. Yeah. No, it just really bugged me. I was like, yeah. oh, okay. So we have this this god who mm-hmm. was Basically. ripping the fabric of reality, but mm-hmm. Marcus can beat the shit out of her, so it's fine. I, exactly. I, I, yeah. I just don't like it. Yeah. No, it's it's pretty terrible. I mean, granted, I think they did make her weaker. Yeah. But not that weak. Not that you know, much. She's still Mm-mm. pretty fucking powerful. Um, and then, you know, speaking of Illyria in research mode, like, what the hell is the actual reality behind Illyria, right? You know, I mean, they've played around with this so much, and it is a different story every week. I mean, first it was this whole predestined thing. Then it was Knox who deliberately set Fred up to be infected with Illyria. Now, you know, we're supposed to be thinking that it's Angel that did it, and what the hell. And, like, none of it makes any sense it was an angel they're just faking us out and they're lying to the audience and it drives me crazy but they they keep seeming to like rewrite her history how she came to be there you know all of it it just it's just it's it's really driving me crazy like i would love to have had some clarity on Illyria and what she is and again if she had been brought in by the circle of the black thorn you know, and then ended up not working with them and betraying them and going to this side. That would have been, I think, a really interesting thing. Oh, but, yeah. 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 No, it's just, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm so confused by the whole thing. And I'm, I'm so tired of it. 
I, and it's really, really irritating. So on that, I will brood. Power play is a watcher because it literally has an entire season's worth of antagonists smashed into one 45-minute episode. And if you miss this, you miss the season five story, basically. It has a lot of potential and some great ideas wrapped up in some ultimately lousy execution that makes it all feel like an afterthought. I wish it had been better than it was, but I'm willing to ride it out into whatever it will be. And with that, let's move on to the Angel series and season finale, Not Fade Away. In Not Fade Away, Angel assigns each team member a nearly impossible task to take out the circle of the Black Thorn members and then orders them to spend the day however they want, telling them to live the day as if it's their last because it probably will be. Angel also tricks Lindsay into joining the team and asks Harmony to distract Hamilton. Lauren spends his day singing at a club, Spike spends his at a bar open mic poetry slam, and Gunn goes to help Anne at the shelter. Wesley spends his day tending to Illyria after Hamilton beats her, and Angel spends time with Connor. Then, armed with their assignments, each of them go their separate way to wage a war they cannot win against the senior partners. Spike demolishes the fell brethren and steals back the baby. Gunn takes out the evil senator and her team of vampires, and Illyria dispatches many, many demons. Lindsay takes out demons too, but then Lorne shoots Lindsay, killing him on Angel's orders. Lorne tells Angel he's out and asks Angel not to find him. Lorne will not be meeting up with the team in the alley after this dirty work is done. Wesley takes on Vale, sorcerer to sorcerer, but Vale is too powerful for Wesley and kills him. Illyria arrives just in time to comfort Wesley as he dies and then smashes Vale's head through his skull. Meanwhile, Angel poisons the Archduke Sebastus and then goes to Wolfram and Hart to fight Hamilton. The fight doesn't go well at first, but just as Hamilton is about to stake Angel, Connor shows up and saves him. Angel vamps out, bites Hamilton, and draws strength from the blood of the wolf, ram, and heart that runs in Hamilton's veins. But when Angel kills Hamilton, the building starts to collapse. Angel orders Connor to go home and meets up with Spike, Illyria, and a very wounded gun in the alley. Together, in the pouring rain, they face the army of demons and the dragon that the senior partners have let loose in LA, and the show ends with Angel saying, let's go to work. Not Fade Away aired on May 19th, 2004. It was directed by Jeffrey Bell and written by Jeffrey Bell and Joss Whedon. All right, Dr. Jones, our last perfect happiness scale for all of Angel. We have finished all of these episodes um, on a scale from Stake This is Zero to Lost Your Soul at Six. Where does Not Fade Away land for you? I gave this a five. Um, it's not perfect. There's some things that bother me, but I do like it as the mm-hmm. series finale. I love the team's last day, the final fight, and the last battle cry of purpose. Um, and, and you know, I wish a lot of things had been different, but this ending does seem to fit, and mm-hmm. it opens questions about how the world and characters can change from here. And so I, I kind of like that. It, it, like, I can take it and imagine what I think would happen next. Yes. Which I kind of mm-hmm. like. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I gave it a five as well. Um, As an episode, Not Fade Away can be frustrating for a lot of viewers. I know there was a lot of controversy when this aired. Um, It feels very uh, incomplete, you know, Mm -hmm. in its ending. Um, But I think that the ending where they just keep fighting is actually a really appropriate ending for Angel 
the ending doesn't bother me so much as everything that led up to the ending, which yeah. is unfortunate. Um, but I mean, the fight isn't ever about winning. It hasn't ever been about winning. It's about fighting because fighting matters because it's what people do. It's the essence of what makes humans human. And it's why Angel fights. The question of why we fight started back in Gingerbread when Angel told Buffy, winning isn't why we fight. We do it because there are things worth fighting for. And from that moment through to amends and then into this series, that has always been what Angel is about. And not fade away while it comes at the end of a season that kind of lost its way and and screwed up what could have been something really, really great. Not fade away kind of sticks that philosophical landing for me. So I think it's I think it's pretty good. All right. So Dr. Jones, go ahead and lead us into moments of perfect happiness. What did you actually like from this episode? So I got a little bit of snarky angel and a little bit of tender angel, which I yeah. still appreciate. Yeah. You know, I like when Marcus is, you know, hounding him about you got to go meet the circle of the black thorn. He's mm-hmm. like, your new friends are very concerned. And angels like tell them to send me a memo. I'm busy like that. <laughs> that yeah. was funny. Mm-hmm. I like Marcus's, you know, they want to see you right now. No rest for the wicked. Like that mm-hmm. was cute. Um, I love Lorne. Our fearless leader has fearlessly lost it. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. But I think my favorite exchange was this really small moment between yeah. Angel and Harmony. Yeah. When they were, you know, talking about what it was to be human. And Angel's like, I really don't remember mm-hmm. what it was like. And I think that that's a bigger echoing theme in what we saw in Power Play and Not Fade yeah. Away. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, Angel, you really don't right. remember. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you are so separated from your humanity. But Harmony says, I do remember my heart. Mm-hmm. And it was just kind of unexpected from her. And I really liked it. Yeah. It was very sweet. And it was I love, really sweet. Mm-hmm. I love all of Harmony in this. Harmony is really great. <laughs> She's so great. She's so great. I mm-hmm. love that her way of distracting Marcus is sleeping with him. And, oh, of course. Keep him busy. You know. Yeah, she yeah, kept him busy. Yeah, keep him busy. Sure. And, betraying angel in the process and then oh, being like of course but can i get a recommendation and angel, angel already, already had one I yes i did i really <laughs> like that um and i i will stake things related to Lindsay later but mm-hmm. i did like this moment with angel yeah. and Lindsay, even though angel's lying through his teeth and being a sorry son of a bitch whatever mm-hmm. Um, but I like when he said to Lindsay, I happen to be the greatest mass murderer you've ever met. And Lindsay's like, I've never given you props for that, have I? And like, (laughs) it's, it was really cute. Yeah. But then you have this moment where you Mm -hmm. almost want to believe in Lindsay again. Yeah. You know, and he's like, here's the plot twist. I'm in. You're about to pick the biggest fight since mankind drop kicked the last demon out of this dimension. And you do not want to do that without me. You want me? I'm on your team. I know. And I'm like, that. oh, I I love that part. And then I'm like, but but what they do? Yeah. With, uh, you know, we'll stake that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that staking. But there is actually some really good stuff. I love um, Lindsay's disappointment that it's not mm-hmm. Angel that kills him, that he's not important enough. Yeah. Um, there's something really, God, if they had just built this season better, that could have been such a powerful moment, you know? Um, it's nice and a fittingly diluted, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's a nice and fittingly diluted moment for Lindsay, so I really, really like that. Um, I love this moment where Angel says, you haven't heard a word I've said for, like, years, and Lindsay says, you get a little speechy. <laughs> 
which I really, really love. And I love the moment with Lindsay busting through the door with the sword going through the guy. Um, that's a really fun moment. We have a lot of these kind of busting in, you know, shots that we do for all of our major players. It's really fun to see that. It really brought me back to um, to Christian Kane playing Elliot in uh, Leverage. Yeah, um, it felt that like heroic kind of ass kicking moment. Um, it felt very Elliot to me, but it was really, really nice. So I enjoyed that stuff from him. Yeah, I did too. And I really like kind of the team, how they each spend their last days. Yeah. You know, I love that multiple perspectives when mm-hmm. we, we get to see how each character handles the same situation yeah. when they're they're not together. Right. Um, and I'm sorry, but Spike slamming down whiskey and then getting up to read poetry on a oh. mic. And I, I, like it. It's just, I can't even it's tell you how much wonderful. I love it. And people cheer for him. And then I he like know, jumps the in to read another. Line. I it's know. so good. Aww. He's like, that one's for Sicily. And I'm like, yeah, oh my I know. God. I, I love just, it. I love it. But I think my favorite of that was Gunn going to Anne. Yeah. You know, and, and he's he's really struggling with like mm-hmm. the philosophy of this decision. Yeah. You know, he says, what if I told you it doesn't help? What would mm-hmm. you do if you found out that none of it matters? Right. It's all controlled by forces more powerful and uncaring than we can conceive, and it will never get better. What will you mm-hmm. do? And Anne says, I'd get this truck packed before the new stuff gets here. Mm-hmm. You want to give me a hand? Like, she still has clarity around her mission mm-hmm. that everyone else has lost. And right. I, I really like that, you know. And, of course, Wesley going to tend to Illyria and, you know, she says, Angel told you to do whatever you wanted today. I am not what you want. Mm-hmm. And it just freaking yeah. kills me, you know. And Wesley comes back with, there's nothing that I want. Yeah. You know, and she offers to become Fred for him. And, and he's like, the truth is that Fred is gone. And since I don't actually intend to die tonight, I won't accept a lie. Oh, my God. And then it sets up that scene for them later, mm-hmm. which just rips my heart out. Yes. Yes. Tiny, tiny pieces, <laughs> you know, and I actually mm-hmm. like Connor, yeah, saying, I know what you did for me, and I appreciate it, yeah. you know, and then him coming back to help Angel. I, was I like, love that. Come on, you drop by for a cup of coffee, and the world's not ending, please. I yeah. love that. This is Connor. I would have loved this Connor if we had had him all along, and it yeah. just it really sucks that we only get him for just these few moments. Ugh, yeah. yeah, it's so good. And then I, there's some good. You know, dialogue and snark and heart with the team getting ready for this fight. Mm -hmm. You know, an angel tells them, one of you will betray me. And Spike raises his hand. (laughs) I know, I love that. It me! Yes. Mm -hmm. It's so cute. He's like, can I deny you three times? Yeah. (laughs) And Illyria's all, you know, I will make trophies of their spines. Right. You know. But I love this from Spike. He's like, first, I'm not wearing any amulets. Right. Bracelets, brooches, beads, pendants, pins, or rings. I love that Spike is like, no more jewelry, man. None. He's being very specific. Yes. And I was also really intrigued by this exchange between Illyria and Gunn. Yeah. Illyria says, try not to die. You are not unpleasant to my eyes. Right. And I'm like... Uh, that's the closest Illyria's ever come to giving anybody a compliment. Like I, that's that's Fred. Fred was, is yeah. inside her. 
Yeah. I see that. I just, I think that like, I, you know, and I heard something, you know, of course this is extra textual because this never, they never got a season six, but that the plan was in season six to, to show that Fred was alive in there or something like that and bring her back. Um, yeah. So it's a shame I would have loved to have seen that happen. Um, oh, yeah. But I like seeing these little bits of where Fred, Illyria has all this power, but Fred is even more powerful than mm-hmm. Illyria, you know, yep. and I find that so interesting, such an interesting thing to work with, you know, yeah, if yeah, they had done everything so earlier in the season, I yeah. know, and yeah. then like you get this final handshake between Gunn and Wes, yeah, and then just oh, that look God. between Wes and Angel, yeah, and, oh, it's it's just so good, I know. and then like I love this last fight between Angel and Harmony. Oh, you know, my God, I know. Angel says, I knew you'd turn on me. I just didn't know when. Right. You're betraying me right now. And Harmony says, because you never have any confidence in oh. me. And Angel says, no, because you have no soul. She says, I would if you had confidence in me. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite, yeah. favorite things. Mm-hmm. You know, and then um, after Wesley dies, which we will talk about. Yeah. And Illyria comes back to the group and she says, Wesley is dead. I'm feeling grief for him. I can't mm-hmm. seem to control it. I wish to do more violence. Yeah. And I'm like, I wish to do more violence is one of my favorite lines yes. ever. I kind of want that on a t-shirt. Right? Like, I wish to do more violence. More violence. Like, yes. Um, but yes. I, I really like her reaction mm-hmm. yeah. to grief, you know? Yeah. Um, and then we wonder about Gun. Like, he's is he actually dying? You know, that right. huge army shows up, mm-hmm. um, including that dragon. And I'm like, no, Angel, don't kill it. Like, go yeah. when you, you when you have the chance to get to know a dragon. Like, Right. I wanted a dragon on the you show the from the to beginning. No like, dragon. Yes, like come on, man. The fucking awesome. Like don't you just could tame it. Bring or it get home. To, like convince Make it, it to be on your team, but like don't just assume that it's bad and go after it with a I'm like, dude, yeah. it's a dragon. It's a like dragon. come on. Imagine what you can do with a dragon. I mean, really. Yeah. But <laughs> but I love Gun. He's like, "All right, yeah. you take the 30,000 on the left." <laughs> But Illyria says, you know, you're fading and yeah. you'll last 10 minutes at best. And I'm like, so is Gunn going to die in that fight? And we, you know, we don't know. And of course, in right. my head canon, Gunn like totally makes friends with that dragon and he's fine because <laughs> whatever. And <laughs> well, the dragon breathes fire and cauterizes his wounds. So he stops exactly. bleeding. Yes. And then drags him off to heal somewhere because it falls in love with Gunn. Exactly. Or yeah, I can yes. see that. That would be totally that. perfect. Sure. <laughs> but I, I really also liked the visual that it was pouring down rain. Yeah. Because we've had that, you know, that, that amazing scene with Angel and Fate mm-hmm. when it yep. was pouring down rain and yep. Connor being born, you know, yes. when it's pouring down rain. And then mm-hmm. we get this again here. Yeah. And it's it seemed very appropriate for that scene. It's like, very I baptismal. really liked it. It's yeah. very baptismal, you know, and it's it's like moving into a new a new phase, you know. Mm-hmm. And I love I mean, I know that you don't like Angel wanting to slay the dragon, but I love this final line. Personally, I kind of want to slay the dragon. Let's go to work, you know. Yeah. And there's something about that that I really love. You mm-hmm. know, I think just let's go to work that we've still got work to do and we're still going to face this down and we're going to keep fighting. Um I kind of love that. Yeah, I wish everything up until this point had been executed better. But I kind of love that. 
Yeah, yeah, I do too. I thought it was a good last line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking of people like doing different kinds of work. Yes. That reminds me, Lonnie. <laughs> this episode of Still Dead is brought to you by Blondie Bear's BadassBobbles.com. <laughs> Spike's new side hustle Etsy shop is open for business. <laughs> Stocked with all the jewelry you could ever need to bedazzle the end of the world. Spike may not be wearing any more magical amulets, bracelets, brooches, beads, pendants, pins, or rings, but now you can. And there's a fair to Midland chance that 2020 could bring an apocalypse, so order your mystical bling before it's too late. Go to BlondieBearsBadassBobbles.com and use the code NORESTFORTHEWICKED to get your discount today. Or you could choose to take the $3 you might spend on BlondieBearsBadassBobbles.com <laughs> and give it directly to Chipperish Media so we can keep making the great podcast you love. Visit Patreon.com slash Chipperish to find out more. Oh, my God. I love them. I'm going to miss a lot about doing Still Dead, but I think the thing I'm going to miss the most are your Patreon asks. <laughs> it's so cute. <laughs> I just love the idea of Spike, like, wrapping wire around a gemstone it makes me so happy i love it i want to i want now i want that store like most of the fake places that you make up for these uh patreon asks uh, i want that to be real (laughs) it would be really fun but my you know my absolute favorite part of this episode of course is Mm -hmm. wesley and illyria oh god yeah um well, first of all, like Wesley showing up as a motherfucking sorcerer. Like, I'm sorry. Oh, can I, yeah. can we just take a moment? Yeah. Like, fire in his palm. Uh, in the shape of a flower. It's so freaking cool. Right? I I'm love like, it. oh, mm-hmm. dark magic, Wesley. I know. I like it. Um, and he's such a badass, but he's so outmatched. Yeah. Um, and part of me is like, did Angel really think Wesley had a chance against Vale? Angel well, knows. did Wesley really think he had a chance? Like, Wesley, I think, is more realistic about things like that. Yeah. And when he says, I don't intend to die tonight, mm-hmm. I think it's more it's a more interesting character beat if that's exactly what he intends. He's just going to take, you know, Cyrus Vale with him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, because if Valeria hadn't come yeah. to his, you know, to help yeah. him, mm-hmm. Vale would have... Would have been fine, so, right? I, you know. Well, I mean, but Vale's been on some manner of life support for apparently some time, so I don't know yeah. how much longer he was going to go anyway. But uh, yeah, yeah. I it know. just, I just was like, really? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. But then you know, Illyria shows up, um, and and you know, Wesley. Oh God, mm-hmm. is dying, oh, God. and and she says, "Would you like me to lie to you now?" No, I know. And Wesley's just like, yes, thank you, yes. And then you mm-hmm. have this wonderful, you know, moment with Wesley and Fred. Mm-hmm. You know, hello there, I've missed you. I love you. And I'm like, okay, yeah. just kill me now. My heart, yeah. like, I can't, I, I can't, even with this. It's so... I know. Uh, and there's something just beautifully poetic about Wesley willingly going into that lie for comfort mm-hmm. that is so heartbreaking, yeah. you I know? know. Mm-hmm. And then I, I do appreciate when Vale comes back in and says, take your best shot, little girl. <laughs> like, that oh, visual yeah. oh, of yeah. Fred pulling back her arm and punching, and as she's punching, she turns mm-hmm. into Illyria. Like, that is one of the best visual effects of the whole show. It's pretty awesome. It's one of the and, best moments of the whole show. Yeah. I just love that. Yeah. Yeah. And just, like, shatters his whole face. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, 
that's cool. That's yeah. That's real it. cool. I love it. I'm into it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So so there were good, you know, yeah. there were good moments. Um mm-hmm. but I have to stake all the lying. Yeah. Like for one thing, Angel, if you're asking your team to die mm-hmm. for you, you might want to disclose the fact that you kill Drogan. Like yeah. cards on the table, yeah. that is information they needed. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and and the way that Angel planned all along to kill Lindsay. Yeah. And using hope as a weapon. Yeah. You know, using the idea of of, you know, you can you can come back, you can be a good guy, mm-hmm. you can help this team, like setting that up as a carrot with a stick and, like but I, also making Lorne do it. Yes. Like that itself because Lorne you know, I mean, Lorne fights the good fight, you know, mm-hmm. and he'll he'll do some mortal damage when he has to. But you're making Lorne kill a human. You're making Lorne shoot a human that he just yeah. worked with, who, that he who was just teamed up with. Trusted him and did yeah. not see it coming. Yeah. And Lindsay's like, you know, I could sing for you. And Lorne says, I've heard you sing. Mm-hmm. And then he just shoots him. And I'm like, holy Holy yeah. shit. And then Lauren with his good night, folks. Yeah. Like, I'm done. And I'm like, Wesley just gave his life for Angel, but Lauren just gave his soul. Soul. Absolutely. I know. It's so awful. I hate it's that so moment. So it's so awful. And, yeah. and I, it just really bothers me. And then, of course, mm-hmm. like, they have this dark conflict, you know, lying, deception, holding redemption up as a yeah. false hope thing. Mm-hmm. But that's not bad enough. Because... Yeah. They have to get in one last moment of gay panic with Angel and Lindsay. Oh, you know, God. when Angel says, you want me, I'm on your team. And Angel yeah. says, I want you, Lindsay. I know. I'm oh, thinking God. about rephrasing that. Oh, really? For God's sake. Yeah, I know. Really? I know. And then, and then we are just so. It's so gross. And then that, yeah. that total gross moment with Lindsay and Eve where he's like, you're one of the few things in my life that Angel didn't get his mitts on. I'm like, Ugh. oh, my fucking god really right like, she's your one toy that angel didn't play with and 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 right. ooh, ooh. I, know. I know it's just so gross it's so gross it's awful you know and mm-hmm. then i have to say like this conversation between Lindsay and eve about mm-hmm. angel yeah and Lindsay's like as long as i'm on his side he'll play me fair and mm-hmm. Eve's like, we don't live in a fairy tale. And I'm like, right. oh, my God, I hate Eve being right. But Eve <laughs> is right. Like, you know. Yeah. It's disconcerting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the fucking Shanshu. Like, oh, my God. So the circle of the Blackthorn suddenly mm-hmm. decide, I don't know, like, it, maybe they just remembered. Maybe it right. was like left off the application checklist something uh-huh. i don't know they're like oh oh we want angel to sign away the shanshu and i'm like you didn't think about that when you were recruiting him or well, also like the fact that they would make him kill drogan and that that would make him ineligible for the shanshu right you know or something like that but the idea that a legal document signed in blood can somehow invalidate a prophecy. Uh, I think probably uh, Sajan would have liked to know about that, right? Yeah. Um, because instead of going to all this trouble with Holtz and with Connor and with all of that, he could have just gotten somebody to sign a document, you know, saying that it's null and void. What is that fucking nonsense? And here's the thing. We've been holding up the Shanshu, you know, since season two. 
right? With this significance, then angels into it and then he's not into it and then he believes it and then he doesn't believe it and then he cares about it and then he doesn't care. And it's this constant back and forth to the point where it has absolutely lost all of its power narratively. It's just been completely used up. So when we bring in the Shanshu here and it's just like, oh, just sign this document in your blood. That's not how you do it. You have something in the prophecy. You make Angel do something that invalidates him as a possibility for the Shanshu. And that's yeah. what gets him into the circle of the Black Thorn, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So something like that you could have done if you had built it up for the whole season. But instead, they have this season where they're just dicking around. And I mean, granted, at the end, a lot of the people from the Circle of the Black Thorn were people that we had seen and interacted with earlier. But we had no idea that they were extensive characters or that they were going to be a thing. It's so fucking backwards, you know, yeah. and it just like, I got the Shanshu thing. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. You've not earned this at this point. Like no. in the way that you're handling it, like a legal document could invalidate a prophecy. A prophecy? If that were true, then that would be what Wolfram and Hart does all the time. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's yeah. so stupid. Like yeah. the father will kill the son unless yeah. you sign here. Unless like, you sign like, here. Dude, right. I, yeah, it was so it's messed ridiculous. up. Um, mm-hmm. And then, like, I super needed to stake Hamilton because, yeah. again, like, this is a mystical yeah. law firm. Mm-hmm. So if you could use a contract to invalidate a prophecy somehow, and we had played with that and looked at it and how it worked, like, that yeah. could have been really interesting. And then, like, this ultimate representative of this mystical law firm is basically just a super strong Terminator mm-hmm. who, by the way... It's not real smart, no. you know? So you're fighting a vampire. Exactly. And, Why don't and you tell them what's in your blood? Yeah, you're like, oh, by the way, you know, right. the yes. strength of the wolf, the ran in the heart flows through my veins. My blood is filled with their mm-hmm. ancient power. Hey, dude, you're looking a little peckish. Like, can yeah. I get you a snack? Mm-hmm. It's the dumbest fucking thing. Like, yeah. what? Really? Yeah. Really? I, I, <laughs> I know. It's just, it, it's terrible marcus hamilton is a terrible character done terribly um i love connor coming in at the last minute in the fight but that really doesn't speak at all to marcus hamilton as you know a good thing at all um yeah it's just it's terrible it's just so dumb you know and then i I did like that moment when angel sending connor away and connor says they'll destroy you and angel says as long as you're okay they can't like Mm -hmm. that that's good parenting um, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But then Eve is just hanging around, you know, and Angel's oh, like, yeah, looks like we're getting kicked out of the garden, Eve. I'm like, yep, because we just got to. Right. I, I don't think Wolfram and Hart is the equivalent of the Garden of Eden, but whatever. I hardly think so. And also, who cares? Like, right? at this point, Eve is so dumb they could have done such great stuff with her and instead they made her this sniveling little not without my boyfriend kind of girl and i just hate it and then he leaves her there and she just stays there like she has no sense of self-preservation Lindsay isn't here to tell me what to do so i can't do any like stop it well and plus i mean angel killed drogan Mm -hmm. but then he cares enough about eve to get her safely out of the building like what the fuck is this i don't even know he doesn't he just leaves her there she yes. just stands there. She doesn't leave. I know. I don't know. It's all dumb. So I started thinking about research questions. Mm. Um, and I put most of them. We're going to talk about our overall thoughts for the series. Yeah. And I do hate a lot of things about how the show ends. Like I, the, the kill, angel killing Drogon is just mm-hmm. never okay. Lauren yeah. killing Lindsay on Angel's orders. Like, yes. no. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Wesley's arc is so dramatic and heartbreaking and real and beautiful mm-hmm. and like Spike's evolution as a member yeah. of the team are so solid. Gun going back to Anne and fighting even though he's dying and like yeah. I really want Illyria spinoff show, but right. it feels like we lost Lorne in some yeah. very real ways that we don't step back and examine and appreciate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I don't honestly at this point, I don't know who Angel is anymore. I don't either. You know, I mean, and the I whole think thing, I don't I don't know who Angel is and I don't know what the show is. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, and maybe he doesn't either. Yeah. So I, I keep thinking about I'm like, well, what was Angel supposed to learn that he didn't learn? Mm-hmm. Because obviously he didn't get all the lessons. You know, he skipped yeah. some classes. Yeah. And how has the world changed? I mean, we have the death of Doyle and Darla, Cordelia, Lila, Fred, Drogon, Lindsay, Wesley, and now maybe Gunn. Mm-hmm. You know, the resurrection of Illyria changed the world. We have this new dark stain on Lorne's soul. Like, can Lorne right. sing anymore? Yeah. Like, I have questions. Who the hell knows? Yeah. But how has the world changed except mm-hmm. for the fact that Hell has now been leashed on L.A. and Angel is not the good person that he was when we started. Well, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. Like, you can tell what a story means by how it ends, right? And then you ask yourself that question. How has the world changed, right? Yeah. So here we had, we opened up this story with this kind of grimy, but very personal, very granular view of Los Angeles, that we weren't talking about the big things or the big movements. It was person. You save one person at a time, right? Every week, one person at a time, up until faith. You know, mm-hmm. in Five by Five and Sanctuary, where he goes so far to redeem one soul, you know, one soul that tortured Wesley, one soul that, you know, went into Buffy's life and, and screwed everything up for her. Like, um, everything that Faith had been doing was had caused so many problems that she had had kind of deserved him giving up on her, but he didn't give up on her, right? So that's where we start. And where we end is... Angel in this big picture, huge battle. We're not looking soul by soul anymore. He's sacrificing Lorne's soul um, and asking Lorne to do something that I think is completely unreasonable, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so what is what has happened is that we've had a dark fall for Angel. And this is actually not a heroic tale, but a tragedy. Yeah. You know? Um so, I mean, that's kind of what I'm seeing in this is it's the, the tragic tale of the fall of somebody trying for redemption and unable to get it. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's pretty bad. Um, one thing that I reacted to, though, was Eve's line. This isn't a fairy tale. Right. Mm-hmm. And if you think about the Disney-fied kind of version of fairy tales, um, you know, then, yeah, it's not. It's not this happily ever after, you know, Prince Charming comes and saves you kind of story. But the original fairy tales were dark, cautionary tales with monsters and metaphor running through the veins. Right. You know, so. I don't know if Angel is strictly a cautionary tale. It may be a cautionary tale about the effects of power. Um, It can be a cautionary tale, I think, about losing your mission, losing your focus, you know, forgetting the reason why you're there in the first place. You know, Um, it's definitely a tragedy, you know, Um, but the idea of of fairy tales as these these dark little monsters like back in the day, the fairies were the ones that stole the babies, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, 
so yeah, I don't know. There's the the idea that there's this darkness within us, and how do we fight it? You know, we never really win, but we have to keep fighting. That seems kind of fairy taleish to me. So I don't know. Like in the classic sense of fairy tale, yeah. uh, cautionary, and and you know, with a healthy dose of darkness, I think that yeah, some of this does kind of feel like a fairy tale to me. Mm-hmm. And there's a dragon. Yes, that's fairy taley. There's a dragon. Give me a dark fairy tale set in a mystical law firm. Like, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. That could be really interesting. And, you know, Eve would have been a really great opportunity for the monster literally born of monsters to fight that innate darkness. She could have been a dark fairy. And I think that that would have been really, really interesting. And it would have been much, much more fitting for somebody who came in and kind of assumed Lila's role, you know? Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I would have loved to have seen them do anything that like even even a quarter of that interesting with Eve would have been wonderful yeah oh yeah absolutely so it's it's a complicated ending Mm -hmm. to a complicated series (laughs) and on that I will brood for the episode but then we will come back and talk about the series Mm -hmm. not fade away as a watcher because it's the series finale and unless you go on to read the angel comics which I have not you get to decide Mm -hmm. for yourself how the story ends and farewell, Wesley Wyndham Price. We love you. Oh, Wesley. All right, Kelly, what's making you thirsty this week? Oh, my God. Wesley, the mystic calling fire to his palm. Like, yes, please. I know. I just, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Wesley, I think Wesley, I think gets the still thirsty crown. I mean, yes. when it comes to thirst, it's been mostly Wesley. Yeah. Yeah, Wesley and Lila, I think yeah, would be yeah. yeah oh, but yeah. Wesley, Wesley was there longer, so he he, yeah. he gets more. He gets he gets, <laughs> he gets a lot more thirst once he went from goofy to dark. Yeah, hello, yes, hello, oh, hello. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, what's your favorite part of this episode? Oh God, Illyria, would you like me to lie to you now? And Wesley, yeah. yes, thank you. Oh yes. God, oh, it just kills me Lonnie it kills me yeah yeah <laughs> I mean for you? me it's it's that final moment with Angel I kind of want to slay the dragon let's go to work I mm-hmm. love that moment I love that as an end to the show um the dragon feels a little bit outside of the world but you know whatever um but all of it with so many things that are disappointing in the way that this series ended um there is something about that we are in the fight we are constantly in the fight we are always in the fight we are never going to win you know, um, but we fight because the fighting is what's truly important. And on that note, I thought that was kind of cool. I was just thinking, you know who could have handled a dragon? Oh, yeah? Gwen. Gwen. Gwen could have Gwen. handled a dragon. Oh, she yes. absolutely. Oh, man. Where was Gwen? And she has treasure and yes. dragons like treasure. <gasps> dragons do like treasure. Oh, my God. Yeah, that could have been really wonderful. <laughs> another another missed opportunity. All right. So what are your favorite episodes from season five? Okay. So Just Rewards, mm-hmm. which was episode two. Uh, Lineage, episode seven. Mm-hmm. Smile Time, episode 14. A Hole in the World, episode mm-hmm. 15. And Time Bomb, which wow. was episode 19. But if I had to pick one, it would be A Hole in the World. Oh, my God. A Hole in the World is so good. Yeah. What about oh you? God. Uh, Hellbound, definitely, mm. which is the fourth episode. Uh, also, Lineage, um, Damage, Smile Time, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and A Hole in the World. Um, they're so very, very good. If I had to pick a favorite, it would be tough. For best storytelling, I think Hellbound. 
you know, oh, help out. Yeah. Feel good. Uh, most personally delightful to me would, of course, have to be Smile Time. And the most heartbreaking episode of any show ever, with the exception of Becoming Part 2 at the end of Buffy Season 2, is A Hole in the World. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so those, I think, are, are really, really great episodes. There was some great stuff in this season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There really, really was. There was. Yeah. So we have to talk about the show as a whole. Oh, wow. Which is hard to do. because It is. There are five very different seasons. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I wanted to do this show with you to figure out why I like Angel so right. much. Because yeah. it it ain't great all the way through. <laughs> like, it's just not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's super problematic in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but still in the Buffyverse, I'm still usually more drawn to Angel than most of Buffy. But I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Buffy. Yeah. Um, but Angel feels older and darker. And I really appreciate the questions it raises. And also, I just fucking love Wolfman Hart. Yeah. Um, but for a series finale, Buffy wins by a landslide. Yes. Uh, with mm-hmm. the exception of them killing off Anya. Right. Um, Buffy ends on such a strong note of hope. And Angel... Like, it ends on a very unbalanced note of valor, mm-hmm. but it's so diminished by sacrifice and loss and dark, dark choices that it yeah. doesn't, it, it, yeah, it, it's, it, if it is valor, mm-hmm. it's, it's very unbalanced. Yeah. And like, for me, Buffy is a show about truth and power, and mm-hmm. I couldn't think about how to process all my feelings for Angel without comparing it to Buffy, since they're right. so, you know, they're so mm-hmm. close. Yeah. But Buffy has to face the truth of the nature of the Slayer, and once she understands and embraces it, she finds power in it. Mm-hmm. You know, when Willow understands and faces the truth and nature of her magic, she's able to move past the darkness of it and literally change the world. Right. You know, and Buffy and Willow together, like, as the best friend love story... Mm-hmm trust each other and they're honest with each other and when the scoobies and potential slayers go into that final battle they all do so with clarity they know the risk and they know the plan Mm -hmm. you know and looking at how the world changes when the show begins the slayers are all controlled and oppressed by the watchers buffy fights that system and takes her power Mm -hmm. the rules say there can only be one slayer Willow's magic changes that, so every potential in the world comes into her slayer power, and in the end, the world is changed because there is more power in it, mm-hmm. and that power does not corrupt the characters, yeah. you know, because really of the clarity and honesty that they have with each other. Mm-hmm. But at the end of Angel, which to me is a show about purpose and choices, like the world is so much worse. Right. You know, there's mm-hmm. an army of demons on the loose, and who knows what the hell's happening to L.A., mm-hmm. Angel's choice to go after the senior partners affects so many people, mm-hmm. but none of his followers know the full plan when they follow him into that final battle. Like, he didn't even tell the rest of the guys that Lauren was going to kill Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they made the choice to stand with him and to sacrifice for him, but he wasn't completely honest with any of them. Mm-hmm. And it almost felt like Wesley's death was cosmic payback. Yeah. For that in mm-hmm. some way. Um, you know, and everyone close to Angel, like of all the people 
who were close to him, the only ones who seem to survive are not human. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, Spike as the fellow vampire champion with a soul, Illyria, former god king, you know, Harmony, unicorn vampire, mm-hmm. Connor, some kind of demonic son of two vampires. Because right. it sounds like Gunn is dying at yes. the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the ending feels very philosophically muddled. Mm-hmm. Angel's character is just, I have no idea, like not clear right. at all. And mm-hmm. maybe that's because the show was canceled before the writers could work out you know, all the storylines, maybe, mm-hmm. but maybe the problems and like the tragic results come from Angel not following his own mission statements, right? Mm-hmm. Help the helpless, save mm-hmm. one soul at a time when nothing you do matters. All that matters is what you do, right? Mm-hmm. Angel's choices in this last season are by and large terrible. And maybe right. that's why the world is a more terrible place, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. which is, yeah. you know, like you said, it's a, it's a tragedy. Yeah, um, it really but is. I think Ultimately, for me, the show ended up being more about Wesley than Angel. And that mm-hmm. may be because Angel just crossed a line. I can't. I, right. I just can't. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't follow him in my heart the way I used to. Yeah. And because Wesley's arc is so incredible. Um, I want to know what happens to Lorne and how mm-hmm. he deals with that choice he made. You know, and I want to know what happens to Gunn and what I want to know what Illyria is and what Illyria right. will become. Um, I hope Spike like continues to have many great adventures, but Mm -hmm. at the end of the series, I want to shake Angel and slam his head against a wall. Like, and I'm still really sad and angry about Cordelia and Fred and I miss Lila. I know. Um, (laughs) But the, the ideas, the premises, the characters, the mystical law firm, the portals and the magic books, Lonnie, (laughs) the magic books. Like I just All the magic books. Yeah. God. And there is a lot of humor and grace Mm -hmm. and love and like. There are many episodes that I know I'll go back and watch again. Mm-hmm. Um, so Angel ultimately, as a series, feels like a gift of many imperfections. Yeah. Um, and it also gave us Angel as a Muppet. So yes. I think <laughs> I would still say I love you so much I almost forgot to brood. Like, I still it's love it. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Though A question. Now that we've gone through it critically, because a lot of times when you look at something you love critically, mm-hmm. it changes how you feel about it. Do you think that you like Angel more now that you've gone through it critically or less? Hmm. I think the things I loved about it I love more mm-hmm. and as far as, but most of those things are conceptual things. Yes. The idea mm-hmm. of Wolfram and Hart, the mm-hmm. idea of the circle of the black thorn, like the, yeah, the, the magic of the world. Mm-hmm. And I like it a lot less in the execution of the characters. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it a lot less in the understanding of how women are, are used and treated mm-hmm. on the show. It's yes. very hard to set that aside. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, more in some ways and less in others. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah, I think that, I mean, one of the questions that you wanted to answer, you know, we started this and you're like, why do I love angels so much? You know, um, and the thing is, I think it comes down to research mode. Yeah. You are most delighted by the ideas. And I think that angel presents, it, it presents, it doesn't always necessarily answer the mm-hmm. questions that it asks. Um, but it presents really interesting questions. It presents really interesting ideas. And it has a strong heartbeat of philosophy at its core. And I think that that makes Angel really intellectually interesting. And there are also, I mean, you know, let's face it, the highs are super high. The oh, lows God, yes. are unbelievably <laughs> low. And I would say there are a lot more lows than highs, you know? Yeah. 
Yep. So the delta of quality in Angel makes it very difficult. I could definitely understand why people would have trouble. Uh, one of the things that you mentioned, it's different. Every season is a different freaking show. And sometimes mm-hmm. you don't know what you're going to get, you know. Um, and that that lack of consistency. Like I, I love a game changer as much as anybody else, you know. And I think that it's great to end a season of television on a game changer. But when we come back, it feels like not only has the has the world changed, but like our characters essentially have in a lot of ways that don't necessarily feel consistent or make sense, you know, and sometimes the world, you know, here we are, suddenly we've got a dragon in the middle of Los Angeles. <laughs> what? Okay. I okay. mean, I guess, I guess we saw some dragons coming in from other dimensions at the end of Buffy season five with the rift, the glory tour in the universe, you know. Um, at the same time, I'm guessing that's the dragon that came through then and it's just been flying around waiting to get an order from Wolfman <laughs> Hart. I have no idea how this dragon spent two, three years wandering around California before anybody thought to talk about it, but whatever. Um... <laughs> So the thing is, is that Angel is so unsteady on its feet. It's like a Angel. Okay. Angel is like a tavern drunk who tells great stories, but is still fucking drunk all the time. Like (laughs) you can't rely on him for anything else, you know, and this show has so many great, great moments, you know, Um, but given a choice between Angel and Buffy, I think I would choose Buffy. Uh, and, And, you know, I mean, I think I would choose, I would choose Buffy, you know, seven days a week, twice on Sundays, you know? Yeah. Um, But I really do love Angel for what it does and and mostly what it tries to do. I think it has kind of an audacity of ambition. But I got to say, Wesley's character arc is one of the best character arcs in all of television history. And Mm -hmm. it is a shame that it is surrounded by so much crud, especially in season four, where Wesley is pretty much the bright spot of that entire season, you know? Um, Angel is filled Philosophically, I think one of the most interesting shows on television asks a lot of interesting questions about the nature of good and evil, like including whether good and evil are concepts that in the end, do they actually have any meaning? I think that that's a really interesting question. Um, And it does this, you know, why fighting is important and that the the small moments, the little things, the one soul at a time kind of approach. is really really interesting and it and it really it has this philosophy of the importance of the individual the importance mm-hmm. of the one person um and and i really really like that even though it loses sight of that by the time it gets to season five um i wouldn't necessarily agree that the show itself is more about wesley i think the high points are wesley <laughs> the wesley yeah. material is generally better than anything else in the show and i think that i can see how once angel once you lose angel as a character uh you kind of attack Attached to Wesley as the yeah. protagonist of the show because you need to have somebody that you believe in, especially in a show that is so much about why we fight, you know? Um, so I don't know. I mean, I find it, God, it's so it's so wonderful and disappointing at the same time. Um, Angel as a series is a mass of, of contradictions and I can absolutely see why people don't like it. Um, I have nothing but but sympathy for people who don't like it because part of me doesn't like it either. But part of me loves it, you know. Um, (laughs) Angel is a television show with some fantastic ideas and some terrible ideas and some mediocre execution and some amazing execution. It is such a beautiful mess 
And I love it both because of its flaws and despite its flaws. Um, It is flawed in such a really interesting way. And I think it's one of the ultimate examples of your reach exceeding your grasp, you know. Um, And it's an argument, I think, for that approach to creativity, you know. I mean, it's a mess. It's a mess. It's a mess. But God, it's an interesting mess, you know. And there is something about trying to do something that that is out with your capability that creates, I think, some really beautiful things. And perfect work is impossible anyway. So, you know, as a creator, if you're out there, if you're a creative person, reach for flawed and interesting. And don't worry about doing it well. Just do it. If there's something you want to do that you absolutely are not up to the task, I think going into that task with enthusiasm um, is probably the best thing that you can do. And, And while... The creators of Angel, I think, failed to pull together something cohesive. Um, What they did was just so wonderfully messy, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I I love it, uh, despite uh, there's so many problems with it. I know there's I won't argue with anybody who says it's terrible, Um, but I love it. I think there's I think it's just interesting. Well, and it it feels me like it feels to me like a case for adaptation and rewrite. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. like this feels like okay. Sometimes I coach graduate students on yeah. their dissertation. Mm-hmm. This feels like the most brilliant, insightful, amazing first draft. First draft, absolutely. Of a dissertation, where I'm like, absolutely. You don't even realize yet the true scholar that you are, right? And like. But you have a deadline, and so you have to go ahead and turn mm-hmm. it in. But if you had the chance to now take this and go learn some things and do yeah. it again, it would become yes. this incredible, yes. you know, kind of thing. And so, mm-hmm. like, if someone came and said, all right, we're going to redo Angel mm-hmm. with, like, a true self-aware, socially aware lens, and we're going to fix a lot of the plot holes, and we're going to you know, dig deeper into some of the wonderful things it had to offer. Mm-hmm. I'm not normally a fan of that. And I would be like the first one on board, you know, yeah. like, hell yes, take this and do it again. And probably some of the realities of deadlines and scheduling and cancellations mm-hmm. and things do come into play with that. Um, but yeah, for 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 a a beautiful, magical book of things that make you think, Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I love it. Like, yeah. I just. <laughs> you know. It's great and terrible. Yes. It is the, it is the great and terrible Oz <laughs> of television shows. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so glad I got to talk about the show with you. This was I'm so fun. glad I got to talk about this show with you. I know it's been amazing. And for everybody else, thank you for playing along. To join in the discussion on Twitter, follow Lonnie at Lonnie Danrich and me at Dr. Kelly Jones and use the hashtag Still Dead. Still Dead and everything Chippers Media produces is made free and ad-free by the generous patrons who support us to the tune of a dollar a month or more and make it possible for us to bring the house down while we're still in it. <laughs> Visit patreon.com slash to find out more. 
This episode of Still Dead was brought to you by the Chipperish media producers who support us on Patreon at the power producer level. These people are the reason why Still Dead is coming to you free and ad-free right now. So thank you to our January producers, Jonathan, Shelley, Kristen, Noel, Alyssa, Erica, Abigail, Alice, and Sarah. And this week's special message for our power producers... If you ever hear someone say, power tips the scale, power sets the course, and until I have real power, global power, I have nothing, I accomplish nothing. Just so you know, that's your villain. <laughs> Visit patreon.com slash to find out how you too can become a Still Dead producer. Other ways to show your support, write a great review on Apple Podcasts, tell your friends about the show, or wish to do more violence. <laughs> and now, for the last time on Still Dead, we turn to the Prophecy Scrolls. And this one is for my best friend. Oh. For Lonnie Diane Rich. Aww. Many years have passed since the passing of Wesley Wyndham Price, but the powers that be have decided it's time for a resurrection. <laughs> You have been called, dear one, to help Wesley come uh, back to life. <laughs> so get the tea and books and whatever toys or tools, tools you want ready to go. This dark soul will need some serious TLC. But if anyone can make him smile, it's our very own notorious LDR story preacher and queen of chipper. We'll leave you two alone for some heavy reading. But just holler if you need any help locking Wesley in your closet. I love you, baby. Thanks for being still dead you. with me. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. That is so incredibly sweet. I can't believe I got a prophecy. <laughs> it had to be bringing Wesley back. Oh, baby. Be. Thank you. And thank you so much for doing this show with me. Getting to work with you has been one of the highlights of my professional life between Big Strong Yes and now Still Dead. And welcome to the end times and the thing that we have coming up next, which we'll be talking about very, very soon. Yeah. Um, I love working with you and thank you so much. It's always, always a joy. I love working with you too, baby. And thank you for asking me to do the show because I was real nervous about it and it was fun. Of course. I always ask you to do everything with me. <laughs> Poor Kelly, she gets pulled into everything. All right, everybody. So this is it for Still Dead. We hope that you guys have enjoyed watching Angel with us as much as we've enjoyed watching it with you. And if you ever have a friend who just can't get through enough Angel to appreciate the great stuff, send them to us. Dr. Jones and I will be back, however, with a project in the new year, which we will be officially announcing very soon. So follow at Chipperish on Twitter or like Chipperish Media on Facebook. Or if you want to be the literal first to know, become a patron at patreon.com slash chipperish. Until then, for the last time, I'll take away your bucket. Bye.